chapter number 24. The Gospel of Luke chapter 24. And I'm going to read some verses here. And I don't know what all that I'll say or do. I feel like this goes along. I felt nudged in my heart to have Brother Tim sing that second verse again. The last song that was sung. I'm glad when Jesus comes, the way's bright. And I'm glad He does cheer us on when we're sad. It's been what's working in me, and, and I trust the Lord. I appreciate the help of God and Him being faithful. And uh, this is what's been on my heart for the last couple of days, and I feel like this is where the Lord wants us to be. And I'm going to read several verses, and uh, probably won't keep you very long. I don't feel like I have a great deal on my heart, but what I have, I know I have from Him. And so I want to help you this morning if God will help me to do so. Let's stand together if you're able. Luke chapter 24, we know what's taken place here. The Lord has been crucified. He's given up the ghost, yielded up the ghost. Joseph of Arimathea has begged his body from Pilate, has put him in his own tomb. And the women have Watch, the Bible said in verse 55, they watched how his body was laid. They sealed the sepulcher and they went back to prepare spices and ointments. Verse 56, and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. We'll pick up reading in verse number 1 of chapter number 24 of the Gospel of Luke. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. They found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. They entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. As they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise again. They remembered his words, returned from the sepulcher, and told all these things unto the eleven, and all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. Their words seemed to them as idle tales. They believed them not. Then arose Peter, ran under the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. Behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. And He said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast not known the things which are come to pass 
there in these days. And he said unto them, What things? They said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered to him, delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had, that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. When they found not his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so, as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and blessed it, and brake, and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. They said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? while he taught with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures. They rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, hath appeared to Simon. They told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. There's a whole lot in these 35 verses that I read to you this morning. It's amazing. Shouldn't be, I don't guess. I say that often. Amazing at the work of God. How we look this morning in the Sunday school hour at the resurrection of Christ. And here we are in Luke chapter 24. Toward the end of the Sunday school lesson, Brother Tim mentioned about those denying the bodily resurrection. Verse number 3 said they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. He got up. Thank God that he did. Paul said if he didn't, our faith's in vain. We believed in vain. Our salvation's vain. Our preaching's vain. And we're yet in our sins. But thank God he did get up on that appointed morning. But here in the scripture that I'm interested in this morning about these two that went to Emmaus. We know one of them is Cleopas. We have no idea who the other is. Many have offered their opinions. It really doesn't matter. It was two that were uh, apparently somehow intimately connected with the Lord. That had had some experiences with him along the journey that knew enough about him to believe that he was that prophet that should redeem Israel 
and the Christ that should come. To know enough about him that they had put all their hope and all their trust in what he had done and what he would do. But the Bible said that they have departed from their company. They have left the apostles. They have left their crowd. And they are going, most believe, most agree, that they were going back home. That they lived in Emmaus. That they had given up. They were done, if you'll have it this morning. Uh, They had uh, got to the third day. That was the day after the third day in Jewish custom. There was no more hope. They would watch a body for three days. And if there was no sign of life, on the third day, all hope was gone. And so these men, whoever or the other was, was done. They said we had trusted in him as we have so many others. Uh, see, that was the reality of the Jewish people. Uh, they had had so many men that came and they had put their hope and their trust in them and they always turned out not to be the one. And they said, this man is no different. Oh, no, surely he was different while he was here. We believed that he would be the one uh, that would redeem Israel. Uh, but he's been crucified. They have put him in the grave. And it's now the third day all our hope is gone and we are done. We have decided that we would be better off to go home where we came from than to stay here without hope. That's what they're saying. And the Bible said as they go, they are walking and communing together. They are reasoning about all the things that have gone on and have come to pass. And the Bible said their countenances are sad. Not only are they done. I don't have a whole lot this morning, but I'm going to give you what's on my heart by the help of God. Not only are they done, but they are discouraged. They feel like they are in despair. All their hope is gone. They have no joy. They have no hope. They have nothing to look forward to. They had staked everything they had in this man called Christ and he had been crucified and put in the ground. And they, the Bible said when the women came back and said he's alive, their words seemed like idle tales unto them and they believed not. They were in such despair about what had happened to their cross that they could not even believe nor remember the words he spoke to them that had destroyed the temple in three days and in three days he would build it again. They could not remember that he said we're going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man's going to be betrayed in the hands of wicked sinners. He's going to be crucified but he will rise again the third day. They couldn't remember when they said, show us a sign. And he said, the only sign that will be given to this wicked generation is the sign of Jonah the prophet. And as Jonah was in the bed of the well three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. They could not believe. Can you imagine? We are very critical about these men, but put yourself in their shoes. Can you imagine how they last saw the Lord? That He was more greater than any man. That does not mean, if you study the language of the Scriptures, that he was more, his visage was marred more than any man. Does not mean that other men had got close, but it literally means that he was unrecognizable. 
that his visage was, he did not even look like a man. They had beaten him so and been so brutal and cruel that he didn't even look like a human being. And that's the last sight they saw of him hanging on the cross, crying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And crying, it's finished, and giving up the ghost, and taking his body down, and wrapping it in linen, and putting it in a tomb, and putting a stone before the door. That's all they had left. They are discouraged. They are in despair. They cannot see how any good can ever come of their situation. They're done as far as they see it. You may be here this morning. I really feel like there's somebody here that maybe you feel like you're done. You think it's all over for you. You're so discouraged and so in despair that you don't see how the situation could ever come of any good. How anything could ever come out of this for the good for you. Not only that, they're doubting. They got a hold. The Bible said he, he uh, reprimands them somewhat. He says, oh fools, and slow to believe of all the things that the Scripture said. They had so many doubts. They once had believed, but at, right now they're not sure what they believe. That's who I'm preaching to this morning. You know that you have believed But right now you're just not even sure what to believe. That's what they said. We trusted in verse 21. There was a time that we believed He was the Christ. But now, because of what we're going through, we're not so sure what to believe. Do you remember the day that the Lord saved you? And you believed by grace through faith on Him. But now, the circumstances of your life and the situations that you're in, it's not that you don't believe you're saved anymore. It's not that you don't believe He's God. I mean, you're just in such a shape as they were. You don't even know what to believe. And we all get in that shape. We all get to the place that we remember now for them it was the last time they had saw the Lord was negative. And that, that, I think that's part of the reason. The Bible said they didn't see Him. They didn't know Him. Verse 16 said their eyes were holding. I think it was a mixture of two things. Number one, I think it was His will that they not know Him from the start. He wanted this time to commune with them and them have no idea that it really was Him. But whether or not their eyes knew that it was Him, something down on the inside knew from the very beginning that this was He. For when He was revealed unto them, they said, did not our hearts burn within us while He talked with us? Did not something in us tell us there's something different about this? This man, though our eyes, our natural perception could not see who he was, there was something deeper in us, a spiritual perception that understood that this is him. Whether we can believe it or not, whether we can understand it or not, something in us knew that this is him. Mark's gospel said he came in another form. Something evidently I don't understand at all. 
But something evidently about his resurrected body looked different than his before. His form after his resurrection was different than that before. Something was different about him. Mary supposed him to be the gardener. But I think a lot of it has to do with how deep in despair and grief that they were. That they were so overwhelmed by how they felt inside that they could not perceive that it was Him. And they're in this doubt. They're in this despair. They're in this discouragement. They feel like they're done. But in the midst of all that, what's on my heart this morning, I, I'm about done. I really feel like I am. But I hope this will help you like it helped me. In the midst of all of that, verse number 15 said, and it came to pass while they communed and reasoned together, Jesus Himself drew near. In the middle of all that, here comes the Lord. Do you know that this is the only time in all the Scripture? I know there are other times when Jesus came to folks. I know there are other examples when He came to where they were. But this is the only time in all your Bible that you will read all these words linked together that Jesus drew near. He came. They could not get to where He was. They didn't even know where He was. They were so deep in despair they couldn't figure out how to get to Him. But thank God when we couldn't get to him when they couldn't get to him he came to them Jesus drew near have you ever had any experiences when Jesus drew near I'm glad we don't have to be in the church house for him to draw near have you ever had them times where you're so discouraged that you don't know which way's up and you don't even know how to pray you don't even know how to get a hold of him. Oh, we know in our mind, we know all the steps. Uh, but you understand, you feel like you're so far away from him, you couldn't find it. Uh, one of the writers said, if I knew where I could find it, I'd bring my case before him. Have you ever felt that way? But then Jesus drew near and went with them. He didn't just come near, he walked where they were walking. He listened to what they had to say. And He helped them when no one else could help them. Evidently, now I'm just going off the Scriptures. Evidently, they had been somewhere in a crowd before when He blessed the bread. And He broke the bread. See, they invited Him to come in with them if they were going home and that is the common agreement that they were going home then they invited him into their home it would be their job and their responsibility to take the head of the table and to take their bread and bless their bread and give it unto them but this stranger unbeknownst to them they thought he was just a stranger He said, they said are you a stranger in Jerusalem you don't even know What's went on these days? But they went on and talked. And he's preached to them. The preacher of all preachers has preached to them about himself. You and I as preachers, myself, I thank God for the great privilege to preach to you about him. But could you imagine him preaching to you about himself? And they walked in. That them and this stranger. And he said himself, at the head of the table. 
You say that's not it? If he, in Jewish custom, if he took the bread, if he blessed the bread, if he broke the bread, then he is sitting at the head of the table. And they don't ask any questions. This man who knew enough about the Scriptures, this man that could start all the way back from the beginning and preach to them every prophecy that had ever been fulfilled from the beginning about himself. But they didn't ask him any questions. They just let him have his place. And he said, give me the bread. And he blessed the bread. Nobody else had ever blessed the bread like he blessed the bread. He broke the bread. Nobody else has ever broke the bread like he breaks the bread. And he gave the bread to them. And the Bible said when he did it, immediately their eyes were open and they knew it was him. They said, we've had an experience like this with him before. And maybe they were on the mountainside when he took the five barley loaves and the few fishes and gave to them. And maybe he was there at the Last Supper when he broke the bread and said, this is my body. But whatever account, they had been in a situation like this before. And they knew him. All parts of their perception knew him. Their hearts knew him before. They were just in such deep despair. They didn't even recognize the fact that their heart knew him. They looked at each other and they said, It's him. And he vanished out of their sight. His work was done. You say, Well, that's awful rude. For, for them to recognize who he was and for him to vanish, that's the whole reason he joined up with them in the first place was for them to again be able to recognize who he was. Not just that he was Jesus of Nazareth. Not just that he was a prophet mighty in word. But that he was the Christ or the Son of God and that they had believed on him and could believe on him again. And he vanished. And they looked at one another and they said we ought to have known when he first joined up with our company. We ought to have known when he began to preach to us. Nobody had ever preached like him. They said my heart, I think, Oh, Cleopas looked at the other, and I'm not trying to add anything to Scriptures. I'm just trying to preach this morning. I think old Cleopas looked at the other and said, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, back yonder when he joined up with us, my heart started burning in me. And that other one said, yeah, me too. They said it burned within us on the way. While he reasoned with us according to Scripture, we ought to have known that they were so loaded down in despair, that they were so discouraged, they were done. They felt like it's all over for us. They couldn't even perceive that it was him. And I'm telling you this morning, sometimes it's not in the earthquake. Sometimes it's not in the mighty rushing wind. Sometimes it's not in the spitting and the slobbering and the hooping and the hollering. But he just may join himself up with you and walk with you by the way. But if that's the way he chooses to reveal himself, you better be sensitive to him and find out it's him and get help this morning. I was riding in my truck Thursday. I need to tell this and I'm done. And I was where these two were. I felt like I was done. I've been trying to, and I'm not asking for pity. I'm trying to tell you what the Lord's doing, what He has done, what He's doing. Because I really believe what's what I'm feeling this morning 
in my heart's a direct result of what was begun on Thursday in me. In reality, it was a direct result of what was begun over 16 years ago on bended knee in an altar. I'm glad He don't leave us to ourselves. I'm glad the grace that saved us is keeping us and leading us and guiding us and bringing the rider set through many dangers, toils and snares I have already come. It's grace that's brought me safe thus far and it'll be grace that'll lead me home. Circumstances and situations in my life I'm not asking for sympathy or pity. I'm just telling you, we all get in this place where we feel like we're done. I said, and I'm real open and transparent to everybody. If you attend church here, have heard me preach any amount of times, you know. I'm just real open. And especially if the Lord tells me to be, I'm real open. And I sat around the table. And I really feel like I need to say this. I sat around the table with the staff at my school on Thursday, and I said, I just feel like I'm done. I don't, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I knew that I wanted to do it. And down inside me, I know I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, but I was just like these two at the road to Emmaus. I just didn't have nothing left. I couldn't see any good. I was so discouraged. I tried to preach revival and I felt like I couldn't even get out. I felt like I'd been locked up in a box and, and couldn't even get out of the box. And I thought, Lord, what, what's the use? I'm wasting my time. They're not getting help. And I'm not getting help. And I'm just, I'm just like these two on the road to Emmaus. I'm just walking along, feeling like I'm done, discouraged, in despair, doubting everything. I thought, Lord, if it's all there is to it, What's the use? And I was riding down the road and I was listening to a song about this Emmaus Road experience. And it got to talking about Him joining up next to them. And the Bible said He began at the beginning and preached every prophecy Can you imagine the Lord? Now, if I studied right, it's about seven miles of walking between Jerusalem and Emmaus. So they had plenty of time. I think he went all the way back to the beginning about the Passover lamb and how that was him. About Abraham's lamb and how that was him. About the manna in the wilderness and how that was him. And I had never heard the song before in my life. It was of God. I believe you'll not convince me any otherwise for it to come on the radio and they got down the course and he said in case you don't understand what I'm saying I want to say it real clear and real plain it was me it was me and all of a sudden what happened to these two on the road to Emmaus happened to me in the truck on Thursday and Jesus drew near he sat down in the seat beside me and let me know I was all by myself but I wasn't alone thank God you have been all by yourself but not alone I'm glad for when the time that Jesus draws near. And I feel like I'm preaching to more than one this morning that you're one of them on the road to Emmaus. And you feel like you're done. You're so discouraged. You're so defeated. You feel like you're in despair. The word despair means to see no good. Have no hope of any good to come. That's where these were. They said we used to have hope. When that man called Jesus was walking around, we had hope. But ever since He was delivered into them wicked men's hands, ever since they put Him in the ground, we really feel like we don't have any hope. 
little did they know the one that's telling that they had hope in was the one they had hope in. They just didn't know it yet. And the Lord's come by this way this morning. I don't know why. I don't know why He got in the truck with me on Thursday. I don't deserve it, not one bit. But I'm so glad that He cared enough about me. He cared as much about me as He did about these two. Now, there's a whole lot more back yonder He could have went to, but He chose to go with these two on their road to Emmaus. He knew they was about to give up. He knew they was about to be done. And He just joined Himself to them. And He walked with them. And He told them everything they needed to hear. Not everything they wanted to hear. we got a lot of that in our day, but He'll tell you everything you need to hear. They might not have liked it to begin with when He called them fools and slow a heart to believe, but by the time He got done, they're so glad that He joined up with them. And maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're on the road wondering where He's at. Maybe He's walking beside you now on the road. He just ain't... You just ain't, it ain't clicked in you yet. Something down in here is a churning and a burning. That word burn, if you look, I looked it up while Brother Tim was teaching. I felt the Lord come by and tell me to. And it literally means to consume with fire. They said it lit our hearts on fire when He got to talking with me, with us, by the way. Maybe you're here this morning, your hearts are burning. But there's some doubts and some problems. You just ain't laid hold on the fact that it's Him yet. He's wanting you to. What He's wanting to do, He's wanting to break bread with you. He's wanting to fellowship with you. He's wanting to commune with you. He wants to sit down at your table. He wants to abide in your house. The Bible said He made as though He would have gone further, but they constrained Him. They probably didn't understand why they were constraining Him, but thank God there's forces at work beyond their understanding And the Lord was working in them to tell him to come in the house. And he just sat down and went to breaking the bread and blessing the bread. And they knew immediately it was him. I'm going to tell you this morning, Jesus is drawing near. And he's wanting to help you in your discouragement, in your defeat. Wherever you find yourself, whatever you're going through, however you feel. He wants to help you this morning. As we stand all over the house, I'm done. I've done what I needed to do this morning.